It's time for another episode of Squaring Up the Sharp. We got one week of the NFL in the books, and uh, pretty much football's back. I mean, that's that's how I felt about the weekend, and uh, I'm here joined by my uh, co-host, Austin Weinrich. I'm sure he'll, he'll say the same, but uh, how you doing, Austin? Oh, it's good to have football back, even if it's sloppy, ugly, disgusting, <laughs> it makes you want to hate your life. It was, uh, you know, I, like I said, it, it, it was it was exciting to have football back, but it was, you know, you could tell that you could tell the training camp was uh, you it know, definitely hurt some teams. <laughs> yeah, and uh, a lot of rust. You could see, you know, like you said, sloppy games. Uh, not really, you know. There there were some exciting games, but uh, it was obvious that training camp was sorely missed. And yeah, you definitely saw it on. Uh Special teams, a ton of missed kicks, blocked kicks too. You know, it, it's it's uh, it's bad when I think it was actually the Giants coach uh, Joe Judge came out after the game with the Steelers, and he said that they expected, you know, that fumble, the uh, muffed punt. <laughs> they expected that to happen because there was no training camp. So when you have a coach come out and say they expect uh, a muffed punt at some point in the game because of that, uh, I think that says a lot. Yes, it does. So, uh, and and he's a special teams guy. So coming from him, that that uh, holds a lot of weight. But uh, good week. Uh, we uh, we had our picks. Let's uh, let's take a look at how we did last week. We'll start off with that. And uh, you know we have a, we have a good show. We're, we again we're going to constantly be uh, evolving here, and we're going to have some new stuff this week for you uh, that we're going to roll out. So let's start off with our picks from week one. What do you got? All right. Well, uh, overall here you went two and three, and if you were betting a unit, which is a hundred dollars for the uninitiated, on every game you'd be down what did we say minus i'd be i would have lost a hundred uh if you followed my picks you'd be down 120 bucks right now so nothing nothing (laughs) crazy i mean you're gonna have losses here and there but uh and we'll we'll hit on some of these games but how about you and then uh i went three and two and you'd be up seventy dollars always good doesn't matter the amount always good to be positive yeah and imagine if uh steven gaskowski could hit (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Another uh, field goal. What was the what was the spread there? Two and a half? Two and a half. So yeah. When I got it. Or, but, uh, or even an extra point. How about that? Yes. Like, what do you miss? Two field goals and an extra point? Yep. So that that'll kill you. Uh it's almost like you had money on the game. Um but Because I hit it on another sports book. I bet it earlier in the week and it was minus one and a half the spread. Earlier in the week, yeah. Okay, so it, uh, you know it matters yeah. when you get that when you get that bet in. Uh, normally, for favorites, you want to bet them early, and uh, for underdogs, you want to you want to bet them late. That's usually uh, the rule of thumb. But usually on key teams like the Cowboys, usually you'll see their fans bet the bet. line one way or the other. Yeah. So uh, we and we did see some some pretty good movement on Sunday before the game started, but uh, for for my picks. You know, I started off nice with the Chiefs getting a big win. Uh, they were minus nine. And uh, so I started off the week with a win. Uh, the Bills, I had them at minus six and a half, and they gave me a little bit of a scare. But uh, they had that game pretty much in control. Uh, Josh Allen needs to stop fumbling the football. 
Uh, I had the Dolphins at plus six and a half. Uh, you know, phantom touchdown there for Cam Newton. Yes, and, and some help and out. Lead, uh, no pass interference call in that game. Yeah, which is typical. You know, even though Tom Brady's there, the Patriots still seem to get their calls. So that it is what it is. Uh, that was a close one, and uh, the but we went head to head on the Buck Saints. Um, that game wasn't close at all. That no, was... I mean the final score was a you know it was eleven point difference, but you, you didn't really get the feeling that the Bucks were gonna have no. a chance in that one. And then the Giants again, another close one, but the uh, in the second half the Giants couldn't really do anything offensively, so uh, it cost me there. But uh, when and you want to remind them what your picks were? Yeah, it's Seattle minus one and a half, and they just dominated the whole game against the Falcons. It wasn't even close. I had the Raiders minus three and a half, which I got lucky on a late touchdown. Yep, that covered it from Josh Jacobs. I had the Saints are head to head minus three and a half. And, yeah, I wasn't worried about the Saints game. And then the Colts, oh, my God, what a, oh, yeah, what a forgot, shit show. I they, forgot uh, you had the Colts. They put up I there. I forgot you had the Colts. <laughs> um, so all around, I mean, you know, three and two for you, two and three for me. What we're going to do going forward is uh, – you know, we're going to tell you, you know, if, if you if you followed our picks, we're going to give you, you know, what what you would be uh, if you followed our picks, whether it's good or bad. It doesn't matter. That's, you know, transparency. Um, but what we're going to add on this week is um, kind of how we're going to track uh, outside of that. We're going to have a little uh, kind of a point system to where each game will be worth a point, but we're going to have, you know, each each one of us is going to have a double down pick where you can double your points for that game. So that's going to be, a, you know, our lock of locks, if you, yeah. if you would say. Um, so that's so that's how we're going to do it. Uh, makes it a little bit easier to, you know, the whole betting, you know, minus 110, minus, you know, it's easy to figure out what you're winning, but we just sat here for some reason <laughs> and, and we had to discuss what, what our winnings and, and, and what our losses were for the week. Uh, it took a little bit longer than I would have liked. So I had to do uh, some common core math questions. Yeah. So, you know, it's been, it's been a little bit, but we'll, uh, you know, as far as the, uh, the, the head to head purposes of, of who's doing better, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll keep it with the point system. So we'll have that double down. That's a little addition that we're going to do. All right. So we're going to keep it moving here, and we're going to go to our week one winners and losers. Week one winners and losers. All right. So there were a lot of, uh, you know, there were some big losers. Yeah, uh, there were. There were some big winners as well. So let's start. Let's start with our our, our week one winners here, whether it's a player or or a team. Uh, you want to start us off and give us one of one of yours? Uh, my first winner was uh, Mr. Aaron Rodgers. His stat line, he's 32 for 44, 364, four touchdowns, no interceptions. I mean, he just came out, put his big Aaron Rodgers dick on the table and said, <laughs> fuck you, the GM, fuck the Packers organization for drafting Jordan Love. I'm still the quarterback here. And they put a spanking to the Vikings. That you know, game score might have appeared close, but that game was not close at all. You know, we kind of talked about that last week. You know, we said, you know, could Rodgers potentially use that as motivation? And that's exactly what I did. I think he was second uh, for the week in passing yards. Yes, but I think he was behind three, Matt Ryan. Yeah, he was like 365 or something like that. Four touchdowns, like you said. Uh, two of them to Devontae Adams. I'll just piggyback off of you because I had, you know, Rodgers Rogers and Adams connection. 
364, four touchdowns. Adams, 14 catches, 154 yards, and two touchdowns. He was the uh, the best wide receiver this week. In uh, and, DFS. And it wasn't even really close. No. He just went off. So uh, if you didn't have him in any of your lineups, you weren't winning really any big money. But uh, that, that connection was, was looking good, and I'm sure Packers fans are happy to see that. Rodgers has no problem airing it out still. For that same game, I, I did include Thielen because, you know, his, his year that he had last year left a lot to be desired. He did have six catches for 110 yards and two touchdowns, uh, which is a very good game despite the loss. Uh, I'll throw throw one of my guys out there. Uh, start off, you know, starting off Thursday night with Edwards Hilaire. 25 carries, 138 yards, and a touchdown. I think, you know, individually, winner. Also for the team to have that rushing attack to supplement uh, or to support Pat Mahomes, uh, that just takes their offense to another level. Speaking of Pat Mahomes, it's actually his birthday today on the day we're recording. Can you guess how old he is? I'm going to say 23. 25. Oh, 25. Okay. So we're looking at probably another 10 years of domination. At least, <laughs> yeah. You figure, I mean, what is this? Is his third year, right? No, it's what is his fourth, fourth year? It was, yeah. Okay, so yeah, I, I thought it was his third year for some reason. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's why they gave him that huge contract. Would they give him ten years? Uh, Five hundred million. Yeah, so he's he's going to be around for a long time, and uh, you know, the Chiefs are are feeling pretty good about what they've got going on for sure. Uh, really taking it to the Texans, which I think, you know, anybody going into that game, I, I don't know if people really thought the Texans had a chance, but Deshaun Watson looked very frustrated at times. He looked like he didn't. It was almost like he was missing a number one wide receiver. Yeah, uh, which I believe they, didn't they have somebody who yeah. was pretty good last year that they decided to trade away? Yeah, I think his name was Hopkins or something. <laughs> something like that. Who uh, pretty much uh, dominated his game. <laughs> yeah, he's he's on my my uh, my winners list. Fourteen catches, one hundred and fifty one yards, and on top of that, the Cardinals getting a huge win against the division rival 49ers who uh, can't seem to beat Arizona. No, you were telling me this stat, and I was amazed at this. Yeah, two and nine in the last eleven games, uh, the Forty ers are against Arizona. So I don't know what it is, but uh, Arizona seems to have the Forty uh, ers number, and they got a big win. Kyler Murray, you know, he played well enough to win. I think he had you know two hundred and thirty yards and a touchdown and a pick or something like that. But uh, just a big win for the Cardinals, and they go into uh, Week Two to play the Redskins. Or there you go, Char- you know, <laughs> add one to to my to my uh, tally there. But Hopkins, uh, you have another big winner for us? Yes, I do. I have – the game wasn't the best for the team, but the Rams just getting an, a win in that brand-new stadium, which I'm pretty sure Chris Collinsworth jerked off at least three <laughs> times talking about SoFi Stadium there. Yeah, he sounded like he, you know, he had something going mm-hmm. on up there in the booth. Al Michaels was looking at him like, calm down, Chris. <laughs> but – uh. Yeah, no, it's just nice to win your opening game in a new stadium. I remember when the Giants beat the Cowboys that opening week when they opened their new stadium a couple years ago, and Eli signed the wall, and that was a big deal. Yeah. Everyone was very pissed about that. Yeah, so that's uh – yeah, that stadium is is pretty insane. I it looks real nice. They they Free World was 1.4 billion. 
So you're talking about three times, <laughs> you know, over three, four, you know, three, four times the cost of uh, what Jerry World was for this stadium, and uh, it's it's kind of unfortunate that they can't have any fans there. Yeah, you know, the first I mean, first season with a new stadium, and you can't have fans. I mean, Adam Schefter tweeted out a couple minutes ago that some teams are going to start adding some fans. I think the Colts are upping their fans this week. Uh, I think the Lions might be in week three. Okay, so they're kind of phasing it in a yeah, little bit. Yeah, like a slow, uh, see if keep things working out. Because I think only two tests have come back positive now from week one so far. Okay. So Not all the tests are done, but... So we saw the Chiefs had some fans, right? Uh, Jacksonville. They yeah. Had, they had some fans, right? Was um, it Jacksonville or was it Baltimore? I thought... No, not Baltimore. Uh, I thought it was. I thought it was Jacksonville. Uh, but uh, you know, as long as that went well, and I'm sure the NFL is keeping a close eye on it. Uh, you know, they're gonna they're gonna want fans to come back at some point. So uh, a phased approach could could work nicely. Uh, but I had you know for for other you know big winner, I had your boy Russell Wilson. Yes, uh, three twenty two, four touchdowns. Uh, big win for Seattle going into Atlanta as you uh, throw your phone around there. Yeah. That's uh, <laughs> um, he really gets you going, doesn't he? Talking yes, about he Russell does. Wilson. I mean, when he has more touchdowns <laughs> than incompletions, that'll yeah. just get it going. He seems to – I feel like he's done that a lot. And, uh, you know, to – to throw something else out there, he led the lead, he led the team in rushing and passing, and that was the 18th time that he's done that. <laughs> that's a pretty big, it's a pretty big deal. That either says that you have no running game or your quarterback is amazing. It's probably a little bit of both. Well, it's just Pete Carroll always wants to establish a run, and then he, what was it, the 18th time he said. That yeah. he's led the team, that doesn't sound like he's establishing the run. No, unless you're establishing it with your quarterback, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, inadvertently, I would say, because it just seems like a lot of his scrambles are are impromptu. But uh, obviously, big performance by him, and and I think you brought it up. He's he's being looked at as you know maybe finally getting that MVP award. Yeah, that MVP push. I think he jumped up in the. Odds here. Yeah, I'd say what he's probably you know third or you know you'd have to say Mahomes and Lamar Jackson are are one two, and Russell Wilson's got to be right there, right? I mean, yeah, Russell Wilson is now plus six hundred. It's Mahomes, Jackson. Okay, so that makes sense. I mean, if he you know if he's able to do what he's been doing with with this team, I think you know I don't know what it is about the Seahawks have anybody flashy or. Uh, you know, that big-time big time guy. But, you know, they have Lockett. They have Metcalf. Lockett was over 100 yards. Uh, Metcalf was right there. No, Lockett uh, finished 92, and Metcalf had 95. Because okay, so they were both. So, I, okay, I, I, I missed the bonus in for both of them. There you go. So that's tough. Yes, that's it is. Um, but you did have Russell Wilson, who I think was – I think he was the top top quarterback this week in uh, fantasy. He had like 34 – points or something like that on DK. Uh, so you so you had that there. Uh, let's go to some losers. Who's your first loser? The old quarterbacks, specifically Breeze and Brady. Okay. I mean, we both watched that game, and Drew Breeze wasn't throwing the ball past four yards. No. It was all a gimmicky offense, and Brady just looked off through two picks, and then you got your head coach who – 
literally blamed him for those two interceptions. Didn't even blame the receivers. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, it's, he's coming into a new offense. Uh, it is Tom Brady, so you think he would, you know, he's going to learn quick, but you have to remember it's a new offense and there's going to be some time to acclimate because there was no offseason, there was no uh, preseason game. So, uh, you know, I, w- I wasn't necessarily surprised. You know, he, I was surprised to see to the extent that he struggled. I thought there would be some a learning curve for him, but uh, I think the I think the Bucks are going to be okay. I think Brady will be all right. You know, he did make some nice throws. Show you, he can still throw the ball. But I agree with you, the Saints. I don't know what to look at uh, for them. You know, they seem to love Taysom Hill. Oh my God! Uh, I'm not really sure. I mean, Kamara had a big game. Michael Thomas hurt his ankle. He got rolled up on, and he is questionable for this next week. Yeah, Speaking of which, Chris Godwin is in concussion protocol yeah. for the Bucks. So there were some big injuries in that game. Godwin with the concussion, like you said. And Michael Thomas, apparently uh, they didn't think it was that bad, but after they evaluated it a little bit more, it looks like it's pretty serious. Yeah, it looks like a high ankle sprain, which we dealt with Saquon Barkley last year, and yeah. it was about six to eight weeks. I don't know if it's as bad might not be as bad the position you know running back you know you expected that and he even came back so they brought him back sooner than anybody thought they would uh michael thomas you'd, you'd like to think that he'll be back sooner than later but that's uh that's a pretty big blow for that offense he you know it, it had, what three catches for 17 yards yeah it was in bad that game so he, he didn't really do much even before he got hurt uh you know my my biggest loser, I, you know, and I have a few of them here. Uh, and you didn't even mention one of your quarterbacks, Philip Rivers. Oh my God, I forgot Rivers. He's That's on my how bad he's, he was. he's on my biggest loser. Uh, you throw him into your category of old quarterback, <laughs> point favorite on Sunday, and to lose the way that they did to a Jaguars team that everybody was saying you know was going to be fighting for that number one pick, saying that they already tanked. Uh, you know that was just a that was Atrocious. that was a miserable yeah he threw for three hundred something yards but it was Dinkin and Duncan you know, I mean Naheem Hines might have been know, their leading receiver so you have a guy you have a quarterback who throws for three I think he threw for one less yard he threw for three sixty three he threw for one less yard than Aaron Rodgers did right uh, he throws a touchdown he threw the two interceptions you have two uh, you have basically three running backs that did very well. Taylor, uh, Marlon Mack, before he got hurt, was, was had what? He had 80-something rushing yards. Yeah, he was. Or, or something like that. Yeah, it was like 54 rushing yards and a couple catches. Okay, so he had 80, 80 you know, 70 total yards or whatever it was. Uh, Naheem Hines apparently is the next coming of Marshall Falk because <laughs> the Jaguars had no idea what to do with him. And then you have the rookie, Jonathan Taylor, who looked okay. Uh, so their their offense had it had to have been over. I don't know exactly what the number is, but it had I know been they close to five hundred yards of offense. They didn't punt the whole game. Oh yeah, you did text me that. Yeah, they're the, the what they didn't punt. They didn't punt once, and they and still lost. Was that the first time? Uh, I don't think so. I don't remember the exact stat, but okay, because that's that's awful and. Uh, they went for it on some fourth downs, obviously, because they didn't punt the ball. Uh, couldn't couldn't do couldn't do anything. They only put up twenty points with all that offensive uh, production. And of course, you know we're watching the game, and 
They're going down to potentially tie, and what does he do? Throws his pick. Throws a pick with that stupid throwing motion. <laughs> Takes forever. He's got to load up, and then he throws it, and it's intercepted. And it's like, all right, new team, same Rivers. Uh, you know, can't finish off a, a comeback in the fourth quarter, at least at this age. And that was, uh, you know, you're, you want to pull your hair out watching him because you're just waiting for it. Uh, but one of my other biggest losers was... And I'll throw these two guys in there. How about Mayfield and Wentz? Just oh my God, Wentz you know, was horrible. Wentz started off so well. He started off twelve of fifteen for like one seventy-five, uh, two touchdowns. Couldn't do anything in the second half. And I mean, he, after he threw his pick, he just he mind fucked himself and just was confused, looked horrible, was missing wide open receivers. I showed you a play where it's a third and four, and They'd run this play earlier. Goddard goes deep, so two guys go with Goddard. Yep. And Deshaun Jackson's clapping there. Yeah. A yard short of the first down with no one within 10 yards of him. And Wentz doesn't even look at him. Yeah. Um, Wentz was awful. and so you, you could say, you know, the offensive line didn't do him any favors because they gave up eight sacks. So he, was, he probably had that in the back of his head. But... He looked good in the first half. I don't know what happened at halftime. It was, they started off 17 nothing. Yeah, they were up 17 nothing. Redskins. Oh, God, I did it again. You're going to have to. We got to get like a bottle Shots. of vodka here or yeah. something and start doing every time you mess up. By the end of the show, I'm going to be laying on the ground. Uh, but you have the Washington football team score 27 unanswered points to win that. That's a huge win for them. Now they go into, uh, you know. Arizona, Arizona, and one of those teams is going to be two and zero, which is insane to me. Yeah, so uh, you know those were and Mayfield. I mean, how bad does he have to be for this team to like say, all right, what are we going to do about this? Because you have OBJ, Landry, uh, Chubb, Kareem Hunt, and Joku Hooper. How many weapons do you have to give this guy? A better offensive line, so you can't even blame it on that. And uh, you know, he had a 65 QB rating, didn't even touch a 200, didn't even touch 200 yards, which like doesn't even make any sense with the and amount of weapons. NFL. Doesn't even make sense. And the game flow, too. It, it was... Yeah. It was... Th- what was his final score? 38-6? Yeah. Like, uh, you know, the game didn't even hit the over because the Browns couldn't score. And uh, I'm a little bitter about that, but it is what it is. And yeah, I, you know, Mayfield and Wentz just couldn't get it going. I have a couple other McCarthy, and you know, with his decision not to kick the field goal to tie the game and to go for it, it's like, all right, you know, we were talking about it. You brought it up, I think. Yeah. You said, all right, well, we'll see what happens, and we'll see if it was Jason Garrett or if it's just the freaking Cowboys uh, in general. You know, the Kurt, whatever they got going yeah, on. Yeah, the fourth over there. down play was a run, which I know fucking Jason Garrett would have gotten killed for in the papers. Yeah, and you know, I don't know exactly what was said about you know McCarthy in this decision or what he said about it, but how do you not how do you not t- tie the game there? I mean I, I, I know the general idea is if you're on the road, you go for the win, but there was still so much time left in the game. You and know, you have to think you're the better team. Yeah, if you're, you know... The, you're the supposed Cowboys, to be competing for a they, Super Bowl this year. They were playing well defensively. Prescott, I mean, he had an okay game. He didn't blow anybody out of their shorts, but the, the Rams do have a decent defense. So, you know, you'd have to think, all right, he wasn't going to go crazy, but, you know, you have C.D. Lamb had a good game. Amari Cooper had 10 catches. Like, 
your offense was moving the ball pretty well for the most part. Ezekiel Elliott almost got, you know, he just missed 100 yards. I, I, don't, I just don't get that decision. I know it's easy to second guess now, but when you lose by the field goal that you had a chance to tie the game with, that's what hurts. And, uh, you know, that just didn't, that was not the way that McCarthy wanted to start off his, his, his uh, regime there in, uh, in Dallas. So, my last loser, I just want to throw this out there the soundboard person doing the crowd noise. Can you get someone who's watched a football game <laughs> and understands? The flow of a game. Yeah, the ebbs and flows. Because you're hearing like super loud cheers for like a second and three run for three yards. Yeah. You want to at least give the the impression that, you know, there's fans in the stands because they're not they're 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 much more focused on the gameplay. They're not zooming out to show you the empty stadium. You know, it's actually nice if you're like a high school coach or some college coach and you can get these play designs now for these NFL teams. Yeah, they're focusing a lot more on what's happening on the field, which uh, is nice. And so that definitely creates the environment where you're not sitting there seeing an empty stadium. and You're like, oh, this fake noise. You know, I can't take it. Just do it the right way. You know, big play. Loud cheers. Crowd should go nuts. Not soft cheers. Yeah. Or, you know, know, a fourth down play and the home team is on defense, (laughs) there should be a lot of freaking noise, you know? So I I agree. Uh, It it was a little awkward, which was to be expected, I think, with the uh, current (laughs) state of affairs. But... Uh, you know, you'd like to think that there would be a better understanding of the uh, the ebbs and flows of the game. Yeah, I know uh, Belichick will probably have his guy practicing. Yeah, like watch an old game. Belichick's probably in charge of it. <laughs> Belichick from the sideline, he's like hitting a button on his little thing. Uh, you know, lowering and increasing the volume as the game goes on, but. Uh, so those were our biggest winners and losers, our uh, week one winners and losers. Uh, so let's jump into our daily fantasy picks. Daily fantasy locks and sleepers. All right. So what we're going to do here is we're going to uh, recap how our picks did from week one, give you guys an idea of how stupid we were, or I, I know I, <laughs> I didn't do too well, but uh, we will recap that. And then we'll jump into our week two pick. So we're going to keep the same format. We're going to have our, our lock and then our sleeper pick. And uh, let's let's start off with quarterback. How did you do quarterback-wise? Well, I picked uh, Russell Wilson, who killed it. I think he had 34.78. We're using uh, DraftKings points, obviously, yep. here. And uh, my sleeper was Burrow, who eh, wasn't great, but had a solid game at 17.3. Okay. I mean, he was one of the lower-priced quarterbacks, right? I yes, mean, and uh, if that touchdown doesn't get called for OPI, yeah, that changes his score. You know, he looked good, I think, as a rookie. You know, he had the rushing touchdown, and uh, I'm, I'm excited to see what he does going forward because I think he has a lot of potential. And to get 17-point-whatever out of uh, – you know what? He was probably around the five thousand dollar range. Yeah, I mean, he was the so, lower end. Of yeah, so that's that's pretty good value. Um, you know, you you know, and like you said, with that OPI, would have he would have really uh, done pretty well. On my end, I had Lamar Jackson. 
which he was the he was the most expensive quarterback. So you'd like to get more out of him. He did have twenty seven and a half points, which was fifth highest in quarterbacks on DraftKings. Uh, Two seventy five and three touchdowns. He did have forty. I think he had forty five rushing yards. Um, you know, typically what you'd like is you know you get those passing touchdowns, throw a rushing touchdown in there. Uh, on the goal line, he actually gave it to Dobbins twice. Yeah, could have could have easily <laughs> you know could have easily you know been in the forty point range if he holds on to those balls, but he made the right reads. So that was my lock. Uh, you'd like to get a little bit more out of him. And then my sleeper was Rivers. We already talked about him. He had the third most passing yards for uh, week one. He had 19.8 points. Uh, he was in the mid fives as well. Uh, those two late INTs really put a damper on it because you'd like to get some some little garbage late touchdowns there. But uh, not bad overall. Uh, let's move on to running back. Who, how'd you do for running back? Oh, I did pretty well. I had Josh Jacobs, who was the highest scoring running back yep. at 35.9. And then my sleep was Jonathan Taylor, who had a nice solid game. I mean, I lucked out that Matt got hurt. Yeah. But uh, at 14.9 points, which okay. I was very happy with. And he was definitely on the cheaper end as well. Uh, like you said, Jacobs with those three touchdowns. That's, you know... Those were two great picks for uh, for running backs. If you played them together, that's you know fifty, you know fi- about fifty points of uh, production from your running back spot. On my end, I had uh, this was this was a tough uh, this was tough for me. So I had Austin Eckler as my lock. He had nine point seven points, which was just really not good at all. Uh, Eighty four rush yards. He did have nineteen carries. Uh, the thing for me here was he only had the one catch. He had one catch, and and typically from from Eckler, you you want to see more of that. Uh, and this guy Josh Kelly, I mean, who is this guy? I don't know, but he was <laughs> still he was an undrafted rookie, I think. Yeah, he and, got he got the goal line carries. Yeah, and that, and that makes me worried about Eckler's value as a fantasy play. Yeah, uh, twelve. He had actually he had twelve carries for sixty yards, and he had the touchdown. So he outscored Eckler fantasy wise. Uh, and yeah, it's a, it's a little worrisome when, you know, you didn't, I'm not expecting Eckler, you know, Eckler's a smaller back. I'm not expecting him to get those goal line carries, but he did last year though. That's the thing to have a night, to have 19 carries. And then the the backup gets 12 when you only have one catch. I mean, that kind of, that puts into question, all right, how, how are they actually going to use Eckler? If he's only getting one catch, you know, and I was looking at it as Tyrod Taylor. He would dump it off all he, day to him. Yeah. And uh, the Chargers, you know, they're, I, I don't know. I don't that really offense know. looks ugly. Yeah. I don't really know what to think about them right now. But uh, my my sleeper pick was Thompson, who did absolutely nothing. He had two catches for six yards on was, two targets. He was the trap play. Yeah. Uh, he was pretty high owned. And. The game flow did not. I thought that, you know, based on the spread and how I thought the Colts were going to do, he would be in there a lot. Uh, they had a, another another kind of no-name guy, James Robinson, 16 carries for 60-something <laughs> yards. I mean, he got the bulk of the, the carries there. Uh, I mean, which, the guy Thompson's more of a passing back, and yeah. when the Jaguars kept it close, it was like, oh. He's not going to play much. Yeah, and uh, that's that's what kind of ruined that there. But I didn't really see that happening. So, you know, it happens sometimes where you get those, like you said, a trap play. But uh, that that was a tough uh, running back, a uh, couple running back picks for me. So uh, let's move to wide receiver now. How'd you do? 
Oh, I did pretty well with Lockett. He had uh, 17.2, just missed the bonus with him. He had a receiving touchdown. Uh, no, no, he had eight catches, 92 yards, no receiving touchdown, which hurt. Uh, DJ Metcalf caught the receiving touchdown. And Deshaun Jackson killed me at 6.6. Yeah. 6. But I mostly blame Wentz. It was bad. But the knock on Jackson was the guy Rager got a lot of the deep balls thrown to him. Yeah, that was uh, kind of kind of not what you'd expect. Deshaun Jackson is that deep threat, and even when he was open underneath, they didn't throw him the ball. So, I mean, the opportunity was there. Just you know, either Wentz wasn't looking for him, or the pressure was too much in his face uh, to let those plays develop downfield. But uh, uh, you know. My woes continued from running back to wide receiver. Michael Thomas, 4.7 points. He was my lock. I mean, uh, again, he was the number the number one uh, as far as price-wise. Uh, price-wise, price yeah, he was the number one guy. And, uh, you know, at this point, you know, we kind of talked about it. Can You know, even if he didn't get hurt, it was kind of like, all right, how, how are we going to play these guys? How are we, how we going to play – uh, you know these Saints players because you just don't know. It's you know, it's basically a crapshoot. Kamara has a good game. Taysom Hill comes in, throws some passes, runs the ball. Drew Brees only had 180 passing yards. Michael Thomas did nothing. Yes, he got hurt, but even when he was on the field, he wasn't doing anything. They weren't looking at him. So uh, you know, I don't really know what to think at this point. He was the biggest bust by far of the day. Uh, and then my sleeper pick was Beasley. He was okay. He had four catches for 58 yards, uh, stuck with that, you know, seven target average. Um, so if you can get a touchdown in there, you know, he really, he really, his value really jumps up. Um, yeah, for, for a cheap guy like that, 9.8 isn't awful. Um, but you know, you'd like to get a little bit more out of, out of your sleeper. So, uh, let's move to tight end. How, how about that? Yeah. Um, I did okay. Uh, TJ Hawkinson for the Lions at 16.6. He was my lock, which I'm pretty happy with. And Jack Doyle had 7.9, which ah, I wasn't a fan of, but Rivers sucked it up. And Yeah. Um, you know, again, for, for, a sleep, for a cheaper guy, I mean, you can live with that. Um, obviously, those cheap guys, you really want to you, bring double value there. But, uh, um, you know, again... My my lock didn't didn't pan out. Hayden Hurst only six point eight points, three catches, thirty eight yards. I mean, when your quarterback throws for four fifty and you have the starting tight end, you'd like to think that he'd have more than three catches for thirty eight yards. But you had Julio Jones went off. Uh, he had a big game. Calvin Ridley had a good game. You had other guy Russell Gage, like he's throwing <laughs> all these guys. Hayden Hurst had a great catch. They had uh, what was it? Three receivers over a hundred yards. Yeah, and you know Hayden Hurst didn't really get too many looks uh he had that one great diving catch uh in double coverage but uh outside of that he really didn't do much my sleeper pick was oj howard who had a good game four catches 36 yards and a touchdown he was pretty cheap uh 13.6 points which is pretty solid for uh for a tight end you know sleeper pick so Let's finish up with defense before we move to our week two picks. I mean, we're both on the Bills here who had uh, eight points, which you'd you're want pretty more. happy with, yeah, but you, you could have wanted want more. more. They were the most expensive defense, I think. Yeah, those late touchdowns they gave to the Jets hurt their score. Yeah, they did have a pick, a fumble recovery, and three sacks. They were the sixth highest defense uh, scoring-wise, so 
you know, they, they did, you know, okay. But again, uh, for 40, I think they were 4,700 on DraftKings or something. Uh, 3,700. 30, 30, I'm, I'm going on FanDuel, but 3,700 on DraftKings. So, you know, you get two times your value, which is okay for a defense, but you'd, you'd like to get a little bit more. Who was your sleeper pick? Mine was the 49ers, and they had four points, I think. Two sacks and a pick. Okay. So you, yeah, you'd like and to get D a little line more. just didn't. They couldn't catch up to Murray. That was the problem. Yeah, uh, and he's gonna he's gonna cause problems for defenses. Uh, my sleeper pick also scored four points. It was Miami. Uh, they were looking pretty good as far as the points allowed. They did have a fumble recovery and two sacks. Uh, they were the cheapest defense at two thousand. So. You did get you did get uh, the two you, times value. Yeah, you got you saved some money there. Uh, that that touchdown that they gave Cam Newton that was not a touchdown uh, kind of hurt. You know they probably would have scored anyway. Yeah, he would have just but, done a Superman thing. You know, so nothing crazy for defense. Uh, pretty solid, I'd say. But you know, you'd like a little bit more when you're going to spend up for those top defenses. Um, so with that, we'll move to our week two. Uh, daily fantasy picks and we're going to do the same format we're going to do our lock and sleeper and uh you know i mean i would have to say i'm pretty sure i won week one yeah no you definitely did uh you know thanks to chris thompson and, and michael thomas um you definitely took the cake there so you win our picks for the week against the spread as well as fantasy in week one so that was a good good week for you uh, let's start off with our QB locks. Uh, for me, this week it's Josh Allen. Uh, he put up 33.2 points in week one versus the Jets and the Dolphins coming off a two rushing uh, led up to uh, Cam Newton. Uh, I think just jo- Josh Allen has more weapons. He's going to be able to run the football more, more effectively. Uh, so I think he could at least repeat what he did in week one if not even go above and beyond that so so he's my lock uh who's your lock mine is going to be aaron Rodgers. how can you not just run it back with him against a lions defense that made mitchell trubisky in the fourth quarter look like an all-star yeah are we going off the uh are we swayed towards Aaron Rodgers is going to play this season like a madman and uh, yeah, something? I might have to uh, let's take see. back my hot take on that one. <laughs> let's, let's see what he does week two, but I, I, I tend to agree with you. I think that he's going to uh, you know, be a man possessed here uh, to, to start the year. Uh, my sleeper pick uh, is actually going to be Garoppolo. And I'm just picking off, picking on these defenses here against, uh, you know, they're going up against the Jets, who was fourth, fourth worst against QBs in week one. Their defense is just, I don't even know, like <laughs> I couldn't name you three guys on their defense, uh, you know, with, with Mosley out and Adams traded. I mean, we talked about it last week. This defense is going to be in trouble. I think... Uh, they were they benefited obviously with Josh Allen not securing the football. I think he fumbled twice and the Jets recovered both times. Uh, and Allen still put up thirty three point two fantasy points. So I'm going to go with Garoppolo here, who who despite the loss he did look okay. Uh, you're worried about the weapons that he has, but this Jets defense, I think he's going to be able to do whatever he wants. All right, and then uh, for my sleeper, I'm going to pick Kirk Cousins. It's not so much for the fact that Kirk Cousins is good. It's that Indy secondary let Gardner Minshew go 19 for 20 against them. So how can you not pick Kirk Cousins here? 
Yeah. Uh, Minshew goes 19 for 20 against anybody. You want to follow that up with whoever the, whoever the quarterback is uh, the next week because that's some pretty serious uh, production right there and the and the three touchdowns they gave up. Uh, Kirk, Captain Kirk, he's a he's a good sleeper pick, and he's probably not that expensive. Yeah, only uh, fifty nine hundred. Okay, so how much is Garoppolo? Garoppolo, we are going to keep scrolling fifty seven hundred. Fifty seven. All right, so you can save a little bit of money with those guys and still get some good production because of the uh, the defense that they're going up against. So let's move to running back here. Uh, my lock this week is going to be Derrick Henry. Uh, Derrick Henry, week one, he had 31 carries, over 100 yards. He did have three catches as well. Uh, to me, it's just obvious that that's how Tennessee wants to play. Uh, coming off of last year where they just ran, 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 it looks like they want to do the same thing. So, uh, you know, Jacksonville this week uh, with um, the Titans going up against Jacksonville, who just gave up a ton of points to the Colts running backs. I think that he, you, you pretty much. I think you have to lock him in. I don't know if <laughs> you can argue with me on that, but I think you just have to lock him in. And and if if there's one guy that you're gonna have in all your lineups, it would be this guy for me. I mean, my lock. I'm gonna go expensive here. Obviously, Elliott, Ezekiel Elliott for the Cowboys. I mean, last game he dominated. Uh, what was it? 22 attempts, 96 yards rushing on the ground, one touchdown, three catches, 31 yards, one touchdown. And that's an Atlanta team that just gave up two uh, passing touchdowns to the running backs last week, Chris Carson. Yep. So I'm going to follow it up and hope Ellie can at least get one catching. Uh, this could be a good week to go heavy on running backs. Um, you know, now, you know, you didn't really know what to expect week one, but I think you can look at it and say, uh, the only thing that I'd be worried about there is, you know, Atlanta putting up, you know, I don't know what the deal is with Atlanta. And we've talked about this for a very long time now. Why do you not play Julio Jones in the freaking red zone? Can, I, mean, can I you, would love to know. Can you put him on the field? You At know, least as a decoy. It's fourth and goal. I mean, it, it used to be years ago that they would put him in the red zone back when Kyle Shanahan was the OC and teams would literally double him in the red zone, which was insane. It was like the first time you ever saw that. And that was when you had, you know, Tony Gonzalez on the team. Is that when you're talking about years yeah, ago? When they, you know, it would be you, their 14 and two team. Yeah, that uh, you know, it's so frustrating to see that. And I, you know, I, I, I could care less about the Falcons, but we're sitting there watching the games on Sunday, and it's like, what is going on? Where you come out on a fourth and goal, you have one of the best wide receivers in the league, and you're going to go three tight ends, and you're going to try to jam the football down somebody's throat when they all know it's coming. You know, at least go two tight ends and throw Julio Jones out there to pull a couple guys out of the box because you ha you can't play him one on one in the red zone. You know, I mean, Seattle didn't have any corners that could match up with him. Uh, it just it's it's mind boggling to me, but. Uh, yeah, I think uh, I could definitely see Elliott having a big game. Uh, my sleeper pick this week is uh, going to go to the Washington football team and Antonio Gibson. He didn't really do too much week one, but he did have nine carries. I think he had about I think he had 36 yards. He had 6.4 points, so he had a couple receptions as well. And I think against uh, the Cardinals who uh, gave up a, a ton of points to running backs in week one. I think that they're going to they're gonna integrate him more into the offense. Um, 
Peyton Barber, he did steal the two touchdowns in the red zone, but you know he had twelve. I think he had twenty. Like nine, he had like nineteen carries for twenty seven yards or something like that. Like he just couldn't get anything going. Or seven, he had seventeen carries for twenty nine yards. That's what it was, and uh, couldn't get anything going. So I think that Antonio Gibson is the more dynamic back. They're going to give him the ball a little bit more. What do you got? Uh, as my sleeper, I'm going to go Leonard Fournette on the Bucks. They're playing. The Carolina Panthers, who just gave up three rushing touchdowns to Josh Jacobs. Yeah, Ronald Jones is the top running back, but for Fournette showing up literally midweek before week one, he still had five rushes, five yards, and had one catch for 14 yards. But he clearly saw the field. If the Bucks get down in the red zone, I think they're going to turn to Fournette. And he's going to steal a touchdown and fall into that end zone at least once, if not twice, this week. Yeah, I think I, I, I'm leaning that way as well. I think that the Bucks might have to change a couple things and try to run the football a little bit more, uh, especially if Godwin's going to be out, which I'd be surprised if he plays, honestly. I Entering think, the protocol this late in the week, yeah, yeah I'd you, be very you're surprised. You're pretty much banking on everything going perfectly to get him back on the field. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, I think Fournette's a pretty good pick. Uh, let's go to wide receiver now. I have a tie here. Am I allowed to have a tie? <laughs> because I, don't think so. because I have uh, I have two guys that I'm very interested in. Obviously, you know Devontae. I'll go I'll go with the the more out of the box. Everybody's gonna love Devontae Adams this week. Yeah, as, so, as he is my lock. Yeah, so I'm because I'm, I'm going the Rodgers Adams stack this week. Yeah, you kind of have to if you have Rodgers as the top QB. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with my my lock and wide receiver as uh, Amari Cooper. I think. What do you have, 10 catches? He had 10 catches. He only had 81 yards, so he couldn't really get it out in space. But he had 14 targets. Uh, I think it's obvious that, that Dak is is going to zero in on him. And, you know, we talked about this Atlanta defense that, you know, DK Metcalf and, and Tyler Lockett were running, running rampant. So I think that uh, this is going to be a big game for Amari Cooper. Who do you got for your sleeper? I'm going to go... T.Y. Hilton, he had a horrible week one. Yes, he did. I mean, he, besides Rivers, he probably is second on that list for costing them the game. Those key drops on third and fourth down when they're driving for their last possession. But they're home, which his home and away splits are insane. He's so much better at home as a receiver playing on that turf. Yeah, that fast track. And then that Minnesota secondary showed me nothing last week. Those rookies look lost out there, and it could be dangerous. Yeah, I think you you mentioned who their second corner was or whatever, and it was like just I couldn't uh, even remember his name. Sounds now sounds like he came off the street. <laughs> um, so that that's definitely uh, you know he's he's going to need a rebound game because he had those two drops. I mean that that was just that was tough to watch. But yeah, I'm looking for a big bounce back game, which, and I really think it could happen. I mean, he was targeted nine times, so Rivers was clearly looking at him. Yeah. Um, my sleeper pick, I'm actually going to stick with the Cowboys. I'm going to go C.D. Lamb. Uh, if you don't like Cooper, I like C.D. Lamb a lot. He had six targets. He caught five of them. He had 59 yards, 10.9 points in week one. And uh, it showed me that he he's kind of picked up the offense pretty quickly. And... Again, that Atlanta defense. I mean, I'll take I'll take wide receivers all day against that Atlanta defense. So, 
Uh, he's a, he's on more on the cheaper end. I think he's in the the mid fives this week. Uh, so so give me him as a sleeper, as kind of a play off of Amari Cooper if you don't want to spend the money for him. So um, those are our wide receiver picks. Let's move to tight end. Who do you, who are you locking in at tight end? I mean, Mark Andrews. How can you not? Yeah. Uh, I mean, last game, five catches, 58 yards, two touchdowns. Clearly, he's just a red zone machine. Lamar Jackson loves looking for him in the red zone. And... The Ravens against that Houston defense. That Houston defense does not scare me. No, they don't. I don't think they're really scaring anybody. They uh, gave up six catches, 50 yards, and one touchdown to Kelsey last week. And now they get Mark Andrews. Yeah, Mark Andrews is, you know, clearly Lamar Jackson's number one look in the red zone. Uh, he led the league uh, for tight ends and touchdowns last year, and he's already off with two. Uh, so you can't go wrong with picking him. Uh, what's his price at? Sixty three hundred. He is the third priced uh, tight end, but it looks like Kittle's not going to. He's going to try to play this week, Kittle, but I wouldn't play him. I think Forty Nine ers say we can beat the Jets without you. Yeah. Please take a week off. Probably, yeah. I mean, it, it might be tough to say that after just losing to the Cardinals, but this Jets team, uh, they they're they're tough uh, tough to watch on defense. So, I like that pick. Can't go wrong with Mark Andrews. Uh, my lock this week for tight end. I'm going to go back to Dallas Goddard. Twenty seven point one points, uh, and there's a few reasons here. He had nine targets. He had over hundred yards and a touchdown. Wentz seems to love him. Every time that more than Ertz, even. Yeah. And and I don't know. I don't know what's going on with Ertz. I know that there was a story that came out uh, before week one saying that he had he had a heated exchange with management. I don't think that that would carry on to the field. But, you know, and and Ertz did have a touchdown catch. Uh, I don't think you can go wrong with choosing Dallas Goddard at this point. I think Wentz Wentz loves throwing to him. He uh He's very athletic, especially if Je- uh, Alshon Jeffrey's going to be out again. It looks like he is because he hasn't practiced again all week. Uh, so I would count on Alshon Jeffrey not playing. Uh, and if he's out, even even better for uh, for Goddard. Uh, my sleeper pick before we get to yours is uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with OJ Howard again. I think okay. I think you know his price didn't go up too much. I think he's thirty nine hundred. Yeah, he's still under four K, so you can definitely pick him again and get some some value. Uh, and again, kind of you know going off that same point with with Alshon Jeffrey being out. Uh, if Godwin's out, that's going to give more opportunity for OJ Howard, who who got some looks from Brady uh, out of train out of training camp. They said you know they they developed a good rapport. So so if he's thirty nine hundred, I'm going to roll with him again and uh, go for those double digit points. I mean. I'm going to go with Dalton Schultz. He's going to be the starting tight end now for the Cowboys as Blake Irwin is uh, out for the season with an ACL injury. Yep. And I'm more just picking on that Atlanta defense and hoping that he gets uh, either one or two big catches or steals a touchdown. Yeah, he he got some looks uh, right off the bat. Right when he came into the game, Prescott was looking for him. so, So you like that? For a guy who who just popped right in and and getting some looks, uh, how much is he? He's got to be pretty cheap. Thirty seven hundred. Oh, thirty seven. Okay. So you know that that upper three thousand dollar range where you can get a get a starter. Uh, it's pretty nice. Yeah, that's that's pretty good uh, value right there. Uh, 
All right, let's finish up with the defense before we get to our uh, our week two uh, analysis here and our picks. Uh, my lock for defense is going to be Pittsburgh. Uh, they've, they've got the Denver Broncos coming in who just look like they didn't really have any idea what to do offensively. Uh, you know, Melvin Gordon looked okay. Uh, Philip Lindsay didn't really get involved, and now he he's dealing with a, with an injury potentially. Uh, the big thing for me is this, you know, we saw him against the Giants. Their, athlete, their, their linebackers are just crazy athletic. Bud Dupree. Looked Bud Dupree. Like he's the best defensive end slash outside linebacker yeah, in I the mean, NFL. I mean, when you have Bud Dupree doing what he's doing and then T.J. Watt on the other side, I mean, uh, I just – I see that causing a lot of problems for this Denver team who, uh, you know, Drew Locke is, he's an okay quarterback, but uh, he's not going, I don't think he's going to win you any games. I'll say that. So so my lock for defense is, uh, is Pittsburgh this week. How about you? I'm going to go with the Bills again this week. Okay. They had one pick last week, a fumble recovery and three sacks, but they're playing Miami and Ryan Fitzpatrick's coming off a three interception game. So I'm going to stick with the Bills and hope for another three interceptions. How long do you think they're going to give Fitzpatrick before they go to uh, Tua? Uh, I think health matters as well. I don't know if this is like a redshirt year for Tua. Okay. Yeah, I, I you know, if you have another three interception game out of Ryan Fitzpatrick, um, you know, it's not like the Dolphins played bad. They, you know, he had the three interceptions, but their defense kept them in the game. Uh, they had an opportunity to, to take the lead multiple times. Uh, so I'm curious to see how that unfolds. If it is because of, you know, Tua's health, uh, that would be a different story. But I'd be interested to see if they're if they're thinking about that at all. Uh, my sleeper pick, which I don't know if it's techn- uh, if it's really a sleeper here, but I'm going to go with the Washington football team. They had eight sacks. It seemed <laughs> like every every time that Wentz dropped back in the second half, he had somebody in his face. Um, you know, they did have two picks and a fumble recovery, so uh, they ended up with uh, I think they had 15 points, and they were one of the more uh, cheaper on the cheaper uh, side for defenses in Week One. Uh, the Redskins, I think they were 2,000. Yeah, so. If you got them and they got 15 points, you were very happy. Uh, yeah, so I think that they, you know, their D line is is uh, legit, and I know Murray can move around, but I think they could force him into some mistakes. And uh, I don't think they'll get 15 points again, but I think that they could definitely be in the upper single digits and, and get you some value for that. Uh, so, so who's your sleeper for D? My sleeper is going to be the Rams against the Eagles. Uh, that Eagles O-line looked like garbage last week. Like we just said, eight sacks they just gave up. And uh, their middle of that interior line gets to face Aaron Donald, who we saw dominate the Cowboys O-line. What are you going over under for uh, over under two sacks for Donald? I'm going to go over. You think he'll get? I think he'll get three. You think he was going to go half, for uh, the trifecta? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think... Uh, the Rams D line is is still very good, and uh, that Philly O line is not good. Based on what you saw in the second half of uh, the Eagles football, <laughs> the Eagles football team game, <laughs> it's freaking awkward. Um, uh, you know, th- you you kind of have to roll with them because I don't know how they're going to protect Wentz. You know, with, you know Jeffries is going to be out again potentially. Uh, they don't have a running back really that they can give the ball to. 
you know, more than 10 times a game. So uh, Yeah, um, Lane Johnson might play at left tackle, they're saying, but who knows? It's going to be a game-time decision, sounds like. So even if they do that, though, I mean... Wh- it doesn't what do they help think? Aaron Donald's yeah. situation. Yeah, I mean, they can move him to left tackle, but then, yeah, who's playing right tackle? All right, in that middle, the middle of the O-line there, the guards in the center uh, have a lot to, to... You know, Kelsey is a great center. Yes. But he looked like he was <laughs> really struggling against Washington, and now you have Aaron Donald coming in. Uh, not a good recipe for success. So... Those are our week two picks. Again, uh, we'll kind of do what we did for for this week where we'll recap and we'll kind of label one person the winner. It was cl- it was clearly Austin this week with the picks that he had. Um, I had multiple locks go under single uh, under double digits, so you can't you can't have you can't have that for your locks. Um, yeah, but but this is how we're going to kind of keep it going into uh, week three. So. Those are our week two picks, uh, our locks and our sleepers. And now let's move into our, our week two analysis and our week two picks. Week two analysis and picks against the spread. All right, let's start off with our, our week two best matchup. So I have some that, I ri- that I've uh, written down. I have four matchups, and I'm going to give them to you, and I want to know what your thoughts are, all right? All right, sounds good. So let me get my papers in order here. And... All right, so week two matchups. These are the games that I highlighted as uh, some interesting games going into week two. Uh, the first one I have here, we've talked about it a little bit, Falcons-Cowboys. All right, what are, your, what are your initial thoughts on this game? I mean, this should be two offensive juggernauts facing each other. Uh, both teams have some question marks on defense, especially the Falcons in that secondary. Uh, what do they give up? 364 yards to... Russell Wilson, uh, only three twenty-two. Three twenty-two. Yep. Only three incompletions. So the Cowboys should have a field day with that secondary. Yeah, and uh, you know we'll get to some of the lines coming up, but the Cowboys are a favorite in that one. Uh, you know, not just because they're the Cowboys, but they probably are the better team. So, uh, you know, that's 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 going to be an interesting game to me. Uh, two high-powered offenses. Who's going to come out on top? All right, my second one here, and again, we kind of touched on this. We got the Washington football team going into Arizona. One of these teams is going to be 2-0. and What do you think about that one? I mean, I wasn't as high as the Cardinals on the Cardinals as you were coming into the season, but Kyler Murray looks fast. We've said that all along. Um, to be honest, I think they should dominate you think uh, the football team from Washington this week. <laughs> Uh, they didn't do anything on offense. If you look at Haskins' numbers, he was, was 13 for 22 or something. He actually he started off like 2 for 11 or something. For like something 13 terrible. yards. For the first half was just awful. And then uh, I think, you know, the turnovers from Philly really helped him out, gave him good field position. They were able to, to uh, take advantage of that. But, uh, you know, on paper, the Cardinals – are the better team? You know they they got to slow down Hopkins. Yeah, who can match up against Hopkins? Who what do he have? Eleven catches. He had fourteen catches. Yeah, for a hundred and fifty something yards. So, uh, you know he he fit right in there in Arizona, and obviously Murray's just going to feed him the ball. Uh, I don't necessarily think that Washington has somebody that can lock him down. It's going to come in my mind. It's going to come down to can Washington repeat what they did week one with their D line. They need another eight sacks to have any chance in this game. Yeah. So uh, you know it'll. I'm excited to see one of these teams is going to be two and zero. 
Uh, you know, I'm high on the Cardinals, like you said, so I do agree with you that they're going to come out on top, but we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, my third game here, uh, Patriots at Seahawks. I'm curious what you think about this one uh, and specifically this statement here. So Belichick came out and said, nobody's better than Wilson. Is that a shot at, you know, the fact that Brady left? Or is that just kind of a known fact now that Brady's not the same and, and Russell Wilson is just... No, I think it's just more the Patriots way where they don't like to give out bulletin board material to any opposing team. And I really do think Bill Belichick loves Russell Wilson. He would love to have him on this team. I, th- I think so, too. I think, wasn't there some... Uh... There were some rumors in the offseason that they were going to try to trade for him. There were a couple rumors, um, not this past offseason, two offseasons ago, before Wilson signed that uh, huge contract extension. Okay. That he was unhappy in Seattle, and I know the Giants were looking at him before they drafted Jones. But and Sierra uh, really wanted to go to New England, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, she wanted to be in a major market. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I was just thinking of it as, all right, Belichick said, you know, Wilson's the best. Nobody's better than him, but, you know. Nah, yeah. it doesn't sound yeah. like a shot across the bow at uh Okay. So, yeah, um, I, yeah. I, I was just curious what you thought about that. So, uh, how do you feel about Cam going in there and uh, trying to upset the Seahawks? Do you think that that's going to happen? I mean, uh, I would assume Cam Newton's going to have a good game on the ground again. Uh, the Seattle defense didn't look great against Atlanta, giving up 450. I mean, they were probably in prevent most of the time. Yeah. But uh, I just don't think the Patriots have enough weapons to keep it close in that re- receiving core. Yeah, that's that's my big thing. I mean, yeah, Cam Newton had a good game running the football. He had the two touchdowns. But, you know, we've seen it before where Cam gets hurt. And is that sustainable? If you want him to sit back there in the pocket, he doesn't really have anybody to throw to. I mean, Edelman is still there. Uh, you know, Nikhil Harry, he's... You know, uh, he's uh, a question He's a big question mark. Uh, and outside of that, I mean, Sony Michelle is not the kind of running back who's going to break the game wide open. He's not that dynamic of a back. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, I think the Seahawks are, are going to be able to stick it to the Patriots. Uh, but... You know, it's a Sunday night game. I think it's going to be a good one. Um, so two two one and zero teams going at it. And then the last one here, I have uh, the Lions and the, and the Packers going. Uh, the Lions going into Lambeau, and uh, you know, my my curiosity here is if the Lions are going to be able to, you know, with the hype surrounding the Lions, are they going to be able? What's their response going to be after the Week One, uh, you know, heartbreak, whatever you want to call it, the debacle that it was? Uh, do you think they're going to be able to bounce back and at least give Green Bay a run for their money? I don't know. They might need to sacrifice a human to uh, <laughs> get rid of that Cecil the Lion curse. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, what do you think about Matt Patricia? Uh, I think he is on the hot seat, and it's only getting hotter. What? What are we? Uh, we kind of mentioned it before, but he's was he second in the odds uh, for first firing? Yeah, according to Bovada, he is plus three fifty to be the first coach head fired. But not to be outdone, Mr. Adam Gase is leading the pack at plus 300. 
Yeah, I mean, Adam Gase, you know, did he get his wish? He's going to be able to start Frank Gore this week. Yeah, I know. 37-year-old Frank Gore. I mean, we were joking about him last week, but now he's going to step in and uh, be the, the lead back for the uh, New York Jets. Speaking of the Lions... They, the Jets should have signed Adrian Peterson, like I said, because AP had a pretty good game. I think he had eight rushes, 92 yards. I think he yeah. leads the league in rushing right now. I actually have his stats here <laughs> because he, uh, he was on one of my biggest, he was as, he was, he was one of my biggest winners. I just, you know, glossed over him, but, uh, he had 14 rushes for 93 yards. Yeah. I think he's leading the NFL because, uh, no running back went over a hundred last week. Yeah. And he's, um, there were a couple guys like the McCaffrey had 97, but he's right there. I mean, 90, 93 yards, um, for a guy who was just picked up. On waivers uh, for free. Yeah. I mean, they, they didn't pay anything for him, and the Jets could have had him uh, to to be that second back instead of Frank Gore. So I, I don't I, I don't know what's going on over there, um, but I'm not surprised that Matt Patricia's number two behind Adam Gase because these guys can't seem to get out of their own way. Uh, so those were my... My my big matchups to look at there, there's there's a handful of games this week that are just kind of interesting like um, you know you have some divisional games that that I could have thrown in there but uh, you know these were the four games that I looked at I'm like oh, I'm curious to see you know how the Lions re- how the Lions come back from week one how the Patriots do against a team that is going to be able to put up some points you know that's that's that was kind of my thinking so I appreciate your your insight into those games and uh, let's move on to our week week two uh, picks again what we're doing we're doing our five games and we're going to go one head to head but like I mentioned earlier we're do- we're doing the double down which you uh, you brought up earlier today, and we're going to introduce that. Yeah, uh, so you'll get two points if you uh, hit that game. Yeah, so let's uh, let's let's start with you. Well, you you won last week, so do you want to go first, or you want me to go first? I'll give you the honors of going okay. first. All right, I'll go first. My first lock this week is, or not not lock, but my first uh, my first game here, my first pick is going to be uh, the G Men at plus five and a half. I know. Oh my God! I know. I this? know. I know. Uh, they they really uh, you know I had them last week at plus I think they were plus six and a half when the game started, and uh, they were looking good in the beginning. Looked like they were going to hang around. They end up losing by ten, so it cost me. But you know my my reasoning is you know the Bears were down twenty twenty three to six to the Lions. <laughs> they couldn't get anything going offensively. I know the Giants' defense is uh, is kind of a mess. They didn't play bad no, against they the Steelers. And, and I could see, uh, you know, to me, it's just how can I pick the Bears to beat anybody by more than a field goal? <laughs> you can't do it. And, uh, you know, so I'm going to stick with my Giants. And uh, what about what about you? Okay, I'm going to give you my double down first here. Get it out of the way. I'm going to take the Rams plus one over the Eagles. The Rams are traveling west to east and it's a 1 p.m. game which yep. I don't love but did you see anything from the Eagles that I'm surprised I'm surprised that the Eagles are favored in this game to be honest me too so uh, you know you kind of with that if you were to lock it in right now I think that's a pretty good bet um, you know get on the get on the line now before you know if the Alshon Jeffrey uh, is is ruled out. You might see that line move more in the Rams' favor. 
uh, which he's not ruled out yet, but it's looking like that's how it's going. So Yeah, no word on uh, Miles Sanders yet either. Yeah, that's that's another good one, Miles Sanders. I would Sanders. assume he's leaning towards playing, but who knows? Yeah, that's uh, that's another good point. So um, I, I like that pick. Uh, my second pick here, uh, just a straight pick, it's going to be the Falcons plus four and a half. Uh, again, it's kind of, I, I don't really see the Cowboys pulling away from anybody until I see them make good late game decisions. Uh, with the Falcons offense the way it is, they could easily get a, you know, down 10, get a garbage time touchdown late and, um, and, and lose by three. So, you know, I don't like picking those backdoor games, uh, solely on that, but, uh, I don't really see anybody on the Cowboys that's going to be able to slow down Julio Jones, or I think Matt Ryan's going to have a similar game. He's not going to throw for 450, but I think he's going to uh, kind of have his pick of the litter of who he wants to go with, and they're going to be able to move the ball. It's just a matter of how they do in the red zone. Uh, My second pick, I'm going to go with the Carolina Panthers at plus nine against the Tampa Bay Bucks. I didn't see anything from the Bucks offense to show me they can beat anyone by nine points. Carolina was feisty in that Raiders game. And we just said Godwin is in concussion protocol on a Thursday. Uh, Mike Evans is coming off a hamstring injury still. Didn't look great week one, so who knows what you're getting from him. Rob Gronkowski looks like an old man. A walking corpse out there. <laughs> he didn't look like... It, it kind of looked awkward uh, having him out there on the field, but... Uh, you just need Teddy Bridgewater to play solid in this game. No turnovers. Just a solid game. You think this is like, uh, you know, everybody's in love with Brady still? Yeah. And they're pumping up the numbers? I think you get one more week of this, and then you're going to start seeing some better lines. But plus nine... Yes, yeah, insane. Yeah, it's it's a pretty big line for a division game. Uh, you know, a team that has Christian McCaffrey and and you saw what Kamara did. DJ Moore had a pretty solid game. Yep, DJ Moore, even Robbie Anderson had over 100 yards. He had that big catch. So, uh Carolina has some offensive uh firepower and uh, I could see them being able to uh to take advantage of this Buccaneers D. Their defense is, Carolina's defense is pretty bad. It's awful. Um so you know if anybody is going to be able to take advantage of that, you think it'd be Brady with the weapons that he has. So I, I think there's going to be a lot of points in this game. Uh if I was going to put money, I I'd, I'd probably put money on the over and go from there. Um but yeah, plus 9 is is a good one for a division game. My uh, next pick here is going to be Washington plus six and a half. I do like, uh, you know, we talked about it a lot. I like the D-line. I think they'll be able to get pressure on Murray if they can find a way to, uh, you know, slow down Hopkins a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. they, I think they'll be in good shape. Uh, I think this this minus, you know, having Arizona as, a, as basically a touchdown favorite, I think is a, a little bit of an overreaction to their win over the 49ers when f- the, f- the Cardinals just seem to own them. So <laughs> I, I don't think it was necessarily, you know, out of the realm of, uh, you know, reality to to see that the 49ers were going to give the the, uh, the Cardinals were going to give the 49ers a run for their money and potentially win that game. So uh, I like Washington plus six and a half. I think it's going to be a close game. All right. I'm going to take... The Chiefs minus eight and a half against the Chargers. The Chargers offense put up 16 points last week and somehow won the game. 
I don't think they'll put up many more points than that. And you know the Chiefs are going off for 30 at least, if not 40. Yeah. It's just bet the Chiefs and deal with it. <laughs> yeah, that was actually my uh, my double down game. Oh, okay. Okay, no, no, no. No, 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 no. I, I, I had a backup. I had a backup, so I'm okay with it. Uh, I, 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 I learned my lesson. I'm going to put my double down game first because that's Get the one it out I of the, way. the most. So, uh, but I'm going to go with, uh, I love the chiefs pick. I agree with you hundred percent. Chiefs are just going to put up massive points and you know, uh, what is Tyrod Taylor going to be able to do? Yeah. What to do get you, this, you're get getting this 21 points max. Yeah, they put up 16 points against a Bengals defense that uh, you know. Oh my god! Yeah, I don't, I don't really see them doing doing anything offensively. So, I'll go to my uh, my next double down that I had uh, in my back pocket here, and that's going to be the Ravens minus seven uh, against the Texans. I think they're. I think the Ravens are going to be able to do uh, what the the Chiefs did, or at least similar to it. Uh, Watson looked frustrated and lost out there. I can't really trust Fuller had a good game, but I can't really trust him to be a number one pick with his injury history, or number one wide receiver with his injury history. Uh, so I, you know, I'm just kind of waiting for the shoe to drop there. Ravens D line is very good, and. Uh, I don't really see how the Texans are going to be able to stop Lamar Jackson. Uh, so that, you know, touchdown there I think is very reasonable. Uh, I think the Ravens are going to win by double digits uh, going away pretty much. All right, and uh, I'm going to take the Seahawks minus four against the uh, Patriots. We just talked about this game earlier. Um, I just – the Patriots' defense looked – good against Ryan Fitzpatrick. How good are they going to look against Russell Wilson? And I just don't think the Patriots have the weapons to keep it close. Yeah, I think, uh, again, I, you know, I don't really see where the Patriots' points are coming from unless it's Cam Newton running the football. Yeah, I mean, Edelman had a solid game. I think it was six catches, like 50 yards or something. Yeah, but... but there's no deep threat on that team. No, and you know Cam's not really the one to. He's not the most accurate quarterback throwing the deep ball anyway. So and you, you can't know. you can't be running Cam twenty times for. No, what do you run? Ten. He had fifteen carries yeah. uh, for seventy yards, seventy plus yards, or something like that, and the two touchdowns. And I think he only threw for one fifty. So you know everybody wants to talk about the great game that he had. I don't think that that's sustainable. He's not Lamar Jackson anymore. So. Uh, he used, you know, he's thirty. Isn't he over thirty now? He's like thirty-one years old. And a couple shoulder surgeries. Yeah, he's, you know, he's not going to be able to take that beating uh, every week here. So, uh, my last pick is going to be. Or are we doing a head-to-head anymore? Or oh yeah, uh, my I'll apologies. let you pick the head-to-head my, since my, I stole your double down. Uh, my, <laughs> my apologies there. Um, when you picked the Chiefs, it kind of threw me off. So let's. Um, let me find a good one here. You know what? I, I like the... My, my next lock was going to, to be the uh, the Titans over the Jaguars at minus eight. I'll, I'll take Gardner Minshew. All right. You're going to go with the Minshew magic? Yeah. I have uh, faith. So the Titans minus eight... Uh, this is going off of my my theory that Derrick Henry is just going to run all over this team, and the Titans are at home. They like to play that, uh, you know, they they just like to wear you down, and 
It is a big number, and it's a division game, and I just said how I don't like big numbers in division <laughs> games, but this is one of those where I just think this is going to play right into the Titans' hands. The Titans aren't, the, the you know, the freaking Colts and Phillip Rivers. <laughs> they just, you know, they had so much success with their running backs, and then they're like, oh, Phillip Rivers, here, you know, go go and, you know, throw the ball a bunch of times for a bunch of yards and then ruin the game for us in the end. Tannehill's not going to do that. Uh, so if the if the Titans get up early, I think that they're just going to be able to play the game they want to play, and they're going to be able to impose their will on this team. Why do you like the Jaguars? You like the Jaguars because they're the nobody believes in us. So why not go out there and win games? I mean, the head coach is probably fighting for his job. I've heard some jokes on the internet. Uh, if Doug Marone plays too well. As a coach, do they fire him? <laughs> that, that would probably be a first. Right? Um, yeah. I mean, you like that DJ Shark to Minshew connection. I mean, that has been solid ever since that first appeared. Yeah. It's as, a, uh, as a solid fantasy play, real life play. Uh, Chenault, the rookie wide receiver, looked good last week, had a receiving touchdown. And the Titans, they like to play boring games. Yeah. And I can't argue with you. That. That field goal team, I mean, that was bad. I think... And that's very dangerous. I have faith that Goskowski is going to figure it out. He's one of the best kickers in the the history of the game. Uh, You know, I don't know what that was all about. It was very difficult to watch, and I kind of felt... Mackie Sasek or Chuck Knobloch for you younger kids. You know, I, I don't really know what was going on with him, but... Uh, he did hit the winning field goal at the end of the game, so all is forgiven, right? Yeah, that 25-yard field goal is so tough. Yeah, I mean, hey, <laughs> it, it, uh, the kickers and the, and the way their mind works, I don't know if anybody will understand it, but... Yeah, I mean, it seems like the Jaguars have kind of morphed into, uh, you know, Gardner Minshew. Like, yeah, they're just like becoming. Nobody, nobody believes he's kind of a folk hero. Becoming you know? a swag. Yeah, so I, I think, um, you know, I, I'm going to stick to my guns and say Derrick Henry's going to run all over this team and, and they're going to be able to play their game and, and uh, do that. But I can't argue with the fact that the Jaguars are having that big underdog mentality. You know, seven and a half point underdog week one and they win by a touchdown. So that's... That goes a long way. They're probably feeling pretty good about themselves right now. Um, so why don't you give us a, a recap on uh, on our picks here for week two before we sign off? Okay. Um, Max, you're going to go with the Giants plus five and a half, the Falcons plus four and a half, the Washington football team plus seven. You're going to double down on the Ravens minus seven, and you're picking the Titans as their head-to-head at minus eight. I'm going to go with the Rams as my double down plus one. The Panthers plus nine against the Bucks. The Chiefs minus eight and a half against the Chargers. The Seahawks minus four against the Patriots, and the Jags plus eight against the Titans. All right, so those are our those are our locks for uh, for week two, including our head to head. And like we mentioned earlier, we're gonna have uh, we are gonna you know go based off of our records and tell you hey you know if you if you followed our picks to the T. This is what you'd be up or down. And we're also going to have this point system just so it's a little bit uh, easier to keep track of, um, you know, how we're doing against each other. And then we'll have, uh, you know, kind of like what we did last year, we'll have our winner at the end of the season and uh, and we'll go from there. So that's going to be our show for today. Uh, We're going to, 
you know, to be honest, we're, we're waiting for, uh, for a cord to come in where we can hook up and have somebody on the cell phone and it just integrates right into what we're doing. Uh, so we're waiting for that to come in and then we're going to have, uh, some, some guests on a pretty regular basis because it'll be very easy to, to bring them on board. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. Man. So that's what we're looking forward to for week three. Uh, we'll keep it rolling and, uh, that's our show for you today. So thanks for thanks for tuning in. We'll see you uh, next week. Do you want to talk about your little bit that you, you're going to be pulling in on Sundays, or um, you want to keep that as yeah, a, keep we'll, that under covers? For yeah, now? we'll see. Uh, there might be a special episode Sunday nights from now on. Yeah, so keep an eye out for that. Uh, more to follow, but uh, something to look forward to and, and have a little fun after the games are over on Sundays. Uh, so we'll be rolling that out for you. Keep an eye out for that. Uh, look for us on Twitter at Square the Sharp, Instagram Squaring Up the Sharp, uh, the full name of our show. You can get us on iTunes and um, and Podbean is is another one. And if, if you do use that, but uh, I'm pretty sure everybody now in this day and age uses iTunes. So. iTunes or Spotify seem to be the top dogs. Yeah, so you can find us on there. Uh, you can send us an email, uh, squaringuptosharp at gmail.com if you have any anything that you want to throw at us there. And uh, make sure to give us a like or a follow or, uh, you know, tell us tell us what you hate about us. It doesn't matter. Any any feedback is welcome. So, uh, so make sure to do that and uh, get on board with us. So, again, that's our show for today. We will see you for week three. And here's, here's the, the Squaring Up the Sharp. sharp.